You can be seated if you haven't already. I didn't ask uh, this morning when we started, um, but I'm going to ask now. Where did you see or experience God moving this week? And you're going to have to yell it out so I can hear you. The sunshine. Amen. Camp and the rain. Thank God for the rain. Yeah, in its season it comes. And camp. There were a bunch of us out at Camp Swatara, Swatara, depending on where you're from or how you say it. Uh, just enjoying one another's company, seeing some old friends we haven't seen for a while. So it was just an opportunity to be out in God's creation and enjoy that. Other ways you saw or experienced God moving this week? At work. At work. All right. God gives us jobs. And that's, yep. That's great that we have that opportunity to, to work. And uh, we've celebrated that this week, certainly. The wisdom of the body. All right. Very good. All right. It's good to share those together, to be encouraged by that. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about ways God is working and moving and doing all kinds of interesting things around us. Uh, well, just by way of review, over the next couple of weeks, we started last week, uh, this week, and, and two more weeks, that we're going to be talking about uh, a statement that our, our group that we're a part of, the Church of the Brethren, is calling their compelling vision. And the reason we're doing this is to help us see part of the movement of Jesus followers that Spring Creek is a part of, to see how we are being called uh, to join in this, this movement, this group of folks that are trying to live out Jesus' teachings, uh, to, to see our world uh, transformed for, for Jesus, to uh, see ways that we are a part of the holistic peace of the place that we live. And so we're uh, taking a look at that together. This statement, and you can read more about this on uh, brethren.org, B-R-E-T-H-R-E-N.org, uh, if you're interested in reading more. Uh, the statement goes like this, Together as the Church of the Brethren, we will passionately live and share the radical transformation and holistic peace of Jesus Christ through relationship-based neighborhood engagement. To move us forward, we will develop a culture of calling and equipping disciples who are innovative, adaptable, and fearless. There's a, if you go to that website, there is a document that helps define some of the words in this statement, and it's filled with scripture that is undergirding what we're talking about here. I mean, there's just footnotes all over the place uh, helping point to scripture. And uh, so I encourage you, uh, if you want to know more, you can check that out. Last week, we talked about passionately living and sharing. Uh, someone pointed out after the service, you know, part of what it means to live and share passionately is that there is supposed to be a, a joy and an enthusiasm in the way we live our lives and the way that we share that transformation and holistic peace. Um, Sometimes Christians aren't known as the most joyful bunch of people. And that's really a shame because we're supposed to live this passionate 
life, this passionate existence. And it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen sometimes. It doesn't mean that there's not a time for lament and grief to be expressed. But, you know, when we are being transformed ourselves into the image of Christ, when, when we ourselves are experiencing a little bit of the way God is transforming us, there, there should be a joy that is lived out. We talked about radical transformation, that we once, what we once were is being made new. In fact, all things, all the cosmos, the, the, the universe is being transformed and being made new in the, the way God originally intended things to be. And we are experiencing a bit of the holistic peace, or uh, the, the Bible word would be shalom. God's, uh, the presence of God's abundant love and life, peace between us and God, peace between individuals, between people groups, peace in, in God's created masterpiece. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about how we do those things this morning. As we look at our scripture, as we look a little bit more of our life together, would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for this morning and an opportunity to be outside, hearing a little bit of your creation around us, hearing uh, an active neighborhood and world around us. As you are calling us to be transformed into your image, and as you are inviting us to partner in your work in the world, may our, our hearts be attentive to the way that you are moving. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if we agree that we are called to passionately live and share the, the radical transformation and the holistic peace of Jesus Christ, one of the next questions that we should be asking is, how do we passionately live and share the radical transformation and holistic peace of Jesus? So let me start with a question. I know, uh, back to these questions, and these are not rhetorical questions. These are questions for response. How do you see people sharing something that they're passionate about? It doesn't have to be church-related. Anything that you've experienced, somebody is passionate about something, uh, how do you see them sharing that? So, yeah, I got they're talking to others about it. They put it on social media. Whew. Which brings up my, my next thing. There are good ways to be passionate about things that are attractive and that draw us in. And there are other ways of being passionate that actually do the opposite that repel us away from that thing. And that, that's very real in life. Social media is just like, I mean, that's a great example because you see some things that get you fired up in a good way, and then you see other things that get you fired up in a not great way, right? So we got to think about that when in our passionate living, uh, in our passionate sharing, that there is an attractive, drawing uh, way of living out our passion and there's an, another way 
of being passionate that actually repels people, that actually does counter of what we really want to do. Other ways of sharing, uh, when you've experienced somebody's passionate sharing, how do they do that? All right, so in our, okay, so in, in our passionate sharing of, of Jesus, it's implemented, it's, it's a part of their life, it's a part of their being. Invite them to an event. You're, you, so if you're passionate about Penn State football, I guess I'm told there's people that are passionate about those things, uh, about Penn State football. You might invite them to an event. You might, you might uh, give them some paraphernalia that is blue and white. And um, I, Again, I'm told people do that. Um, I can't say anything. My team lost yesterday, so... Uh, Serve as a mentor. A again, this might be related to faith, but if you're passionate about something, uh, you're passionate about photography, you're passionate about teaching, you're passionate about woodworking. I know some of you guys are passionate about those things, and you have taught others to do them. You have served as a mentor. You have brought other people in and, and, and said, here's what I do, watch what I do, and then let's do it together. And you might serve as a mentor in those ways. You can volunteer. Again, it's, there's other ways to, to, to uh, expose others to, and again, talking about passion, being passionate about any, anything. But I've also experienced pa that passion uh, in a negative way from at, at times where somebody is just kind of like very overbearing um, when we do the mentoring thing you know what we're supposed to do is you watch me and then let's do it together and then I release you to do it yourself sometimes we don't get to this end and we just have somebody hovering over top going nope that's not right do you got it nope hold on that's and that kind of passion maybe doesn't actually Help us learn how to do it. It doesn't actually pass it on to somebody else, right? Whether that's woodworking or photography or Jesus, the church, how we operate together, right? Sometimes that happens. Well, we believe that our way of living and our way of sharing is supposed to be modeled after Jesus Christ. Our, we used these words last week, our Redeemer, our Teacher, and our Lord. Especially that Teacher part kind of comes to the surface here. That the way we live is supposed to look like Jesus. It's supposed to be modeled after Jesus. You know, God is a missional God. God is a God that goes out. That doesn't just stay back remain aloof up there in his heaven, removed from us uh, untouchables. But God is a God who goes out. In creation, God sends himself, his, his breath. He breathes his life. He breathes his spirit, and it goes out. And it brings order from the chaos. 
And so God is, uh, this is a, a phrase from Michael Frost, who's a missiologist. God is a sent and sending God. God's word goes out. And then the Father sends the Son. He sends himself into the world to show us what God's heart looks like. And then the Father and the Son send the Spirit. And then the Father, Son, and Spirit then send us. And so God sends himself, but then sends us. John 20, 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. God is a sent and sending God. In the pattern of Jesus. So where are we sent? Where are we sent? I remember being a, a, a little kid and, and having a, a missionary come to our church, I, I think from Africa, and was sharing all, all of the kinds of stories that missionaries typically share. Coming and sharing what, what God was doing in that place. They're, they were coming uh, you know, to share that experience, also to, to raise funds, to potentially have others uh, join them in missions and, and going out. And, and I remember, you know, being uh, just in awe of some of the stories that were being shared. But missions for me at that moment was something that happened over there. It was something that happened in places where there weren't already followers of Jesus. It was something that happened in other places. For a long time, missionary work was seen as something that happened over there where they aren't Christian yet. And I've traced this, this narrative, this story of Western civilization and, and the Christendom project of the West before about how you know we once lived in a place that was very um, Christian, very uh, influenced by the church, um, and, and church and state were kind of intertwined and how that is maybe not the case anymore. But here's just a snapshot, a, a little example. What kind of, uh, this may be for some of the, uh, the folks that are carrying wisdom around on their head, um, either through the, the, the glimmer of white and silver hair or uh, maybe some of us have lost, uh, your wisdom has receded. Um, what kind of stores or restaurants were open on Sundays 50 years ago? I, somebody said none. What? Very few. There were very few things to go and buy and do on a Sunday. How about Wednesday nights? No, there, there wasn't a whole lot happening. In fact, at one point, you know, schools kind of told coaches and extracurricular events, you can't do stuff on Wednesdays. That, you know, that's, a, that's a church night. Is, in our culture, is Sunday morning, Wednesday night any different from any other day? No, it, it's, it's not. For, for the broader culture, there's really no difference. Maybe there, there's football that comes on later. Maybe that stands out, but you know, that happens on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, other days of the week as well. There was a time when churches just opened their doors and people came. 
Sunday mornings, we opened our doors and, and, and people came. Wednesday nights, the, the doors of the church were open and people came. We don't live in that world anymore. People came maybe because of genuine relationships. Maybe they came because it was their tradition and it was something that they did. Maybe they came out of a, a sense of duty. This is the place that we are supposed to go. We're supposed to have a good relationship with God, and, and so we'll go and do that. Some people came out of guilt, but they came. And now the guilt is wearing off. The sense of duty is, is transferred into uh, maybe a sense of duty to get kids to events or, or work or other things that they have transferred that sense of duty to. Tradition maybe is eroding. The church no longer has this dominant place in culture. And there's lots of ways that we can analyze the why and the how of, of what's happened in that. And we can ask questions of, is it their fault, somebody outside of the church, or is it our fault, some uh, of us inside the church, someone or someone's in the church that have driven people away? We can analyze those questions. But this is the world that we live in, good, bad, and ugly. So we also need to ask questions about how are we sent? We are sent in the way of Jesus, which is relationship-based. Our text says the word, the, the logos, the revelation of God became flesh and God made his dwelling among us. Eugene Peterson translates it, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God stepped down and stepped into the life of humanity. Didn't stand off back in, in heaven and say, oh man, I don't want anything to do with that. But God takes on flesh and moves in with us entering the muck and the mess and the, and, and the trash, transforming it. And so in Jesus, we see a very novel God. That it's not about the boxes that you check. It's not about all the things that you do, but a God who longs to be in relationship with humanity. A God who actually makes God's self vulnerable. The passage that Dave read out of Exodus is about a God who wants to make his presence known in the midst of his people. And so while his people are, are wandering the wilderness, camping out in tents and making uh, temporary shelters, God has them make him a tent. He tabernacles, he tents, he dwells with his people. They know God's presence is there in the tabernacle by a, a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night and they know God's presence is with them and so John uses that very same language to say God dwells with us God tents with us God tabernacles with us in Jesus We're invited to a, a relationship-based living and sharing of radical transformation, holistic peace, because Jesus is relational. God is relational. The 
fullness of God's manifestation is seen in Jesus. And you and I are blessed in order that others might see that blessing. In, uh, in, in order that others may experience God's radical transformation and holistic peace. God's shalom in their life. That's how we are sent. Back to the question, where are we sent? Let me ask that question for your response. Where are we sent? Where are you sent? Where do you feel sent around you? Where we are, this place, what? School. Yeah, we can be sent sent in school places we volunteer everywhere work so we say, say that again to people that need help so we're, we're kind of saying that mis the missionary field is no longer just over there. It's no longer just over in that place with those people. But it is where we live. It is where we work. It is where we go to school. It is where we volunteer. It is where we uh, hang out after work on the weekends. no longer over there and typically what we used to mean by that was you know, Africa South America but in fact the global south has some of the fastest growing churches and it's the the global north it's the the western society where Christendom once ruled where the church is actually declining and waning and these pre present some of the, the the best places for missions it's kind of wild that brothers and sisters in Africa and South America and India, places where we once sent missionaries, are sending missionaries to us. One of my favorite passages of scripture, and it's kind of become my life verse, our, the, the Alm family life verse, is out of Jeremiah 29. It's a letter to the exiles, and it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. That's part of the reason I'm so into the garden thing. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Now what that passage is about is, is this growing influence. Right? The people of God were sent into exile and they weren't supposed to just remain this, this isolated people group that just gets together and, and keeps to themselves and has no impact on the world around them. They were sent out. They were supposed to grow in, in their influence. They were supposed to be changing things around them. 
Also, Jeremiah writes, seek the peace and prosperity of the city or the neighborhood to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. There's all kinds of good stuff in this passage about being sent to the neighborhood to seek the peace and the prosperity of our neighbors, to seek the shalom of our neighborhood. And so who are we sent to? Maybe we say we're sent to our neighbors. Maybe we, we name the Hershey community or the Hummelstown community or the Palmyra or Lebanon community. But how about also getting to know the names of people that you are sent to? Not as an anonymous group. That's fine, especially when we're yelling out here for you know, public, you know, I'm asking a very public question. I don't expect you to be throwing out the names of coworkers and, and people. But in your own mind, think of those names. Or, or, or the poor or uh, the needy. Name them. Who are the people around you that you interact with? Those are the people that you're sent to, that we are sent to. Who do you interact with on a regular basis? Or who are the people groups uh, who really, that you really have a heart for? And when you see them, man, it, man, it just breaks your heart for those people. Who does your family interact with on a regular basis that isn't already a follower of Jesus? And then you can start to think of names. Ben. Taylor. Josh. Who are you being sent with? We interact with different people, so I don't expect that all of the Spring Creek Church is going to like narrow our focus onto one person. In fact, that might not actually be the that might be the uh, passionate thing that actually drives people away. If you know all of Spring Creek Church would say we're after that person, that's not a great way to approach it. You and I interact with different folks, but we are sent with others as well. Jesus sent his disciples out in groups. He didn't send them uh, on solo missions. Paul, uh, when he went on his, his, his uh, missionary journeys, was not on a solo mission. He was going with others. There were other groups of Christians, other followers of Jesus who were sending him out, who were praying for him and, and resourcing him. And he was sent with others. He was sent with companions and co-workers for the kingdom. So who are we being sent with? Now listen, we got to be real careful too about this being sent thing. That we don't turn people into projects. We're going to go fix them. Now we're going to go live life with them. We're going to go build relationships with them. We're going to go make ourselves vulnerable as Jesus made himself vulnerable. I mean, Jesus makes himself vulnerable, right? He, he goes and he's, he's with people that don't all believe what he's saying. Some of them are his family members that try and come and, and collect him because they think he's going off the deep end at one point. 
he, he comes and, and he, he washes the feet of, of betrayers and deniers, breaks bread with them, spends life with them. Jesus makes himself vulnerable. We've got to be careful that we don't turn people into projects. I've shared this story before, but for me, it's, it's kind of the glaring example that is sticking in my mind right now. And it is these, the, the food truck vendors that we've been hosting here. And their question, why are you doing this? They've expected to have us ask for a portion of their proceeds or pay a fee, and we haven't asked for that. Maybe some folks come to uh, the food trucks or to events that we do outside a little leery, wondering what we're up to, or what game we're at, expecting at some moment we will pull the old church bait-and-switch routine. We've been doing it We've been hosting neighbors here because we want a space for people to come out of their homes and re-engage in relationships in a safe environment. And we want local businesses who have been deeply impacted by shutdowns to have a venue to work and have a good evening of profits, to work in an environment that is being influenced by something. It's been interesting that some of, these, uh, some of these events, the vendors, the food trucks, they get behind because there's so many people. And they've expressed, but, but when we get behind, these lines of people aren't like jumping down our throats. They're not getting hangry with us. And, and you know, why are we so slow? Why, are, why isn't this happening? And they enjoy coming because of that. And so this, the influence is being felt. We want a place for, where families can come and hang out and have some fun outside without the mask requirements of school and inside offices. A chance where they can come and they can be with people and they can, they can take their distance and just take a good deep breath outside. We're trying to build an atmosphere where we seek the peace and the prosperity or the shalom of our neighborhood. It's the reason there's a lending library down at the other end of the parking lot where folks can come and find a book and, you know what, we're, we're actually, I, maybe this is bad brethren uh, imagery here, we're stacking the deck is what I've said. We're putting books in there from Brethren Press and, and other authors that are challenging the way people think about uh, life and, and faith and, and, and opening them up to other possibilities. We've enjoyed this prayer labyrinth here. If you haven't had the opportunity, we're going to dedicate this uh, later in the fall. But if you haven't had the opportunity to come and just walk the labyrinth and, and, and experience God's peace and, and presence in this space, uh, I've been trying to come out and, and walk it once a week. And, you know, it's, it's kind of changing my own way of thinking because I, I come out, you know, I come into the office and there's stuff that I have to do in the office. There's, there's administrative work and there's meetings to get ready for and there's a sermon to write and there's, there's all this stuff that I got to do. But to take time away from that and to come out and pray 
when I first started doing that after this was built, the first thing that popped into my mind was, I've got to get stuff done. And so I don't know if I have time for this. But as I come out and I walk and I pray and I'm in God's presence, that's the work that we have to do. That's the thing that has to get done, is just to soak in God's presence. And this is, this is a uh, structured, peaceful way to do that. So I invite you to come and, and enjoy that. Another way that we might seek the peace and the prosperity of the place that we live is through continuing to host Cocoa Packs. They thought they were going to be moving out. There's some stuff. There's this thing called COVID. I don't know if you've heard of it. And so they're a little apprehensive to go back to the school because they might have to leave the school again. And so we're going to continue to host them. It's a, a way that we can partner with others who are seeking the peace and the prosperity of the place that we live. The, the Hershey um, entities are, are cooperating in that peace-seeking opportunity, and they are rescuing food. They are saving some of the food that might otherwise be thrown out, and they're partnering with Cocoa Packs to distribute that food to those in need. And so we're part of this holistic seeking God's peace in this place. There's a phrase that we uh, brethren like to use on occasions. It goes like this, for the glory of God and our neighbor's good. So to answer the food truck vendors why we're doing this, because we believe Jesus has asked us to seek the peace and the prosperity of the place that we live. We want to see people, people's lives, the, the community that we live in transformed. We want to see people experiencing God's, God's wholeness, God's shalom, God's holistic peace in their lives. So how are you and I hearing the needs of our community? How do we put our ear to the ground and, and, and hear the needs of those around us? How, how are we interacting with folks? How do we use our resources, our, our money, our, our building, our facility, our grounds, our time, our passions for the good of the community? As I was reading over this sermon again this morning, I was reminded of... Uh, one of our youth, Sophia Howe, had uh, asked us back at the beginning of the summer to write down our passions. And she had used the, the, uh, the image of a, a beehive. And there's all kinds of different bees that do all kinds of different work in the hive, but it's for the collective good. It's for, for the growing of this, this, this hive. And yet we're using all these, these passions, not just here together, but we're going out. Frederick Beekner is quoted as saying, vocation, our calling, is where our deep gladness, or to use the word that we've been using, our passion, meets the world's deep need. So God is a sent and sending God. God sends God's self into the world. The Father sends the Son. The Father and the Son send the Spirit. And as the Father has sent me, Jesus says, so I send you. 
the word became flesh and made his dwelling with us to live in relationship, to come and live in our midst. And this is the pattern of passionately living and sharing that you and I are called to. This is our missional living. This is our our sentness. This is the thing that God is inviting us, calling us into. To live in relationship with others. To seek the peace and the prosperity, the, the shalom of this place. May it be so. Amen? Amen. I'm... The light of God has come into our world to proclaim God's justice and love. It has overcome the darkness and brought new life. Come and follow. Christ, our companion, has redeemed our world. He draws us into a loving family from every tribe and family and culture. Go and tell. The Spirit has equipped us for service to love our neighbors as we do ourselves, to bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. Come and see. Come and follow. Go and tell. In God's love, the nations of the earth will put their hope. Go, you are sent.